Welcome to Small Business Big Network, the podcast for small business owners who want big results from their networking. I'm Liz Drury, a freelance voiceover artist who knows that if you're not working, then networking could help. Craig Chater is an ex-chef who has created a specialised virtual reality product for his disabled daughter Imogen. He's discovered that this product is also useful for many other children too. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast, Craig. No problem, it's a pleasure being here. Now, you've got a very interesting um, product that you're creating and promoting called Imagine Making Memories Everywhere. So, first of all, for the listeners who don't know anything about this, tell us what it entails. So, Imagine Making Memories Everywhere, uh, the first uh, word for it is actually Imi, so it's actually named Imi. And obviously, we gave Imi a meaning of Imagine Making Memories Everywhere. And the actual name actually came from my daughter, because mm. uh, her name is uh, Imogen, right. but her, her nickname is Imi. Uh, and she was the one who inspired me to create what I've created. So it only felt fitting to actually name the project and the business to for, for Imogen. So she's got like a little legacy and what it was all built around. And so, what does it do? Uh, what it does is, what, well, what I've uh, recreated uh, is a virtual reality. So it's uh, a sensory therapy uh, book. So it's like a physical children's book that any child can hold in their hand. Uh, on each page of the, uh, of the book, sorry, there is uh, separate stories that I've actually illustrated myself. Mm. Uh, but it's all stories related to adventures that we've done. So, for example, like going to the zoo, going to the waterfall, uh, sensory rooms and stuff like that. And then at the bottom of each page, there's a, a QR code that I've coded. Uh, and if you scan that QR code, your mobile phone turns into that story in virtual reality, putting the children in a, a more calming and relaxing environment for them to uh, appreciate VR so they can appreciate adventures better. Wow, and so how, how has this affected your, your daughter when, she, when she's seen what you've done for her? She loves it. She knows she gets the attention of it now because we've, we've got quite a good publicity from it. Uh, so when she knows it's all about her, uh, she gets very, very bouncy and happy because she knows what it's done. Uh, but before all of that, uh, it had a, a profound effect on her education, uh, 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 mental health and her well-being, plus other health benefits that it's, it promoted for her as well. Mm. So tell me about how things were for her before you came up with this idea. When uh, before, so Imogen suffers with Williams syndrome, so uh, high, uh, I can't get the words out now, <laughs> so like fireworks for example, stuff mm-hmm. like that, too much uh, sten- strenuous sensory overload she can't deal with. Uh, and we had that problem uh, on a daily basis, like if we went to the hospital, family trips, or just going to the doctors for general. Uh, and then one day I bought a simple VR headset where you put your phone into. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son was absolutely loving it, but when Imogen showed a passion to try it, she had a full-on sensory meltdown. She said she never vowed to use it again. Mm. Uh, and she used to struggle with uh, like speaking, memory, walking, uh, she had all the aspects of what a child should, should be doing at her age, but she couldn't. 
Uh, and then we, I kind of built it around that. So when I saw Imogen going through all these daily struggles, I was like, oh, I need to do something to try and help Imogen. Mm. Because it's not fair that she can't go on these adventures that we go on. Or it's not fair that she has to go see a doctor at a hospital and she can't be comfortable because mm. she's having too much of a sensory overload. And when I saw the passion that she had with VR, I said to myself, I wonder if I could create a program using VR to put her in a different sort of world. And if she reacts, if she has a good positive impact with VR again, then I know I've cracked it because she didn't have a positive impact the first time. And the, yeah, well basically after it, when she started using it uh, with a simple program that I made to start off with, uh, her benefits just like excelled more than even just as a dad could expect, mm. to be honest. So how did you persuade her to try the VR again when she'd had such a negative reaction to it the first time? I introduced her with sounds and music uh, because children who have Williams syndrome, uh, every child that's Williams syndrome, love music. Mm. Uh, and scientists still don't understand why they all have this similar connection to music. So I kind of implemented that into the program that I created. So I created uh, sensory music and sensory sounds for her to enjoy. So when I put the program on, I put it in the headset, and she was like, no, no, daddy, I don't want to, it makes me cry. Mm. And then she heard the music kicking, and she was like, oh, what's that? And then she took one little peek, and within 30 seconds, it was on her head, and she was, she was in her own different world, because she absolutely, she, she got introduced to the music of it, and she loves the sounds that it was creating. Wow. So. When did you realise that this might be useful for other children, not just Imogen? When Imogen's school picked up on it, I was actually doing it with Imogen for about a year. Uh, started off small and then I built and built and built on top of all of that. Uh, and then Imogen's parents' evening commenced and it was like, we really would like to meet the parents because, uh, well, sorry, me and Jennifer as my wife, uh, because what Imogen's doing is something that we're not familiar with because Imogen was the only one registered with Bullying Syndrome within Hull. Mm. And when they saw this difference, they was like, what, what are we doing different at home that the cat do at school? So when I went into the parents' evening, I said to them, I'm doing this project, uh, I've called it Imi after Imogen, and it's like, it's encouraging to walk better, and memory capabilities, and maths, or English, and speech, everything was just like, it was, it was improving everything for Imogen. And it's like, oh wow, Craig, that's something amazing. So I literally, just at that point, I said, well, can I speak to the head teacher and see if I can trial this on Imogen's class that whole, and they all have different complex needs. Mm. So with the parents' permission, it's like, yeah, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Come in and try it if you want to. We'll be like a little market research for you. Uh, and then I went in, I did the, uh, I did the, te well, call it a test. I did the test on the other children. Uh, and it wasn't until it came to a little boy now, I didn't know anything about the background of these children. And when this little boy knew that, he started singing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Mm. And when I looked to my right, I saw the teachers crying. <laughs> and I'm saying to myself, oh my God, what have I done? Have I, have I done something wrong here? Yeah. Like, full on panic mode instantly thinking this kid was going to have a, like, an anxiety attack or something. And I said to one of the teachers, I said, why, why are you all crying? And there was like, you don't know the full background of this little boy, but we've been trying to get him to speak for over two years. <laughs> Uh, because he came from a troubled, a troubled background yeah. with like foster care and social services and all that, and he just literally he shut himself out from everybody. Mm. 
and within 30 seconds of putting the VR system on, he was actually singing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Oh, that's amazing. So, and I was like, oh my God. And then I came home and told my wife about the success that I had, not just this boy, but the whole class had a positive reaction to it. I said to my wife, Jenny, I said, I think I'm onto something here and I think we need to build upon it and actually start making more and doing more and start helping more children. Yeah. So is there anything else on the market currently that's like this or is this a completely unique thing? At first I thought it was a completely unique thing but I have come to discover recently that there is another company out there doing something very similar but it's more of an educational setting mm. but that company didn't hasn't really worked well for them uh, and when I've looked at the history in the background they didn't have what I've got so it is sort of still unique and different uh, to what I've curated and the publicity and the reactions and the support I'm getting just shows how much I've done to it and how further it can go. Mm. So is this something that you've discussed with um, Imogen's doctors and people in the medical profession? Yes. And what kind of reaction have you had from them? Just a wow factor. It was as simple as that. When I told them about it, it was like, oh my God, that's amazing. We need someone like this in the NHS. And I was like, oh, okay. So when I had the reaction from Imogen's doctors and their health, uh, health visitors, stuff like that, I actually reevaluated what Imi can do and <laughs> trying to make it a, a, a product where it can provide a health service within the NHS. And so how, how is it going to be used in the NHS? How are you going to um, you get it from being something on a small scale that you've been using with your daughter and her class to something that you know, more children can access? Yeah, so when, before COVID happened, uh, in the IMI project actually went viral through the BBC and and where we met as well mm. uh, through networking and just as I was getting it lifted off uh, obviously COVID struck and it put, yeah. a full stop, it put a full stop on everything especially my work yeah uh, but obviously when COVID was just easing off in about August September time last year uh, I got introduced to a program through Barclays uh, called the AHSN, which is the Academic Health and Science Network, mm. uh, and you had to apply for this. Uh, you had to apply for it through an application process, and they pick ten companies uh, through a pitch interview. And these ten companies have to benefit or have created something uh, innovative for the NHS and the health sector. Mm. So I got told to go on it, just like a potluck, to just try it. I know you're changing what you've created, but let's just try it, see if you can get into it anyway, because it'll be really beneficial for you. Uh, so I did the pitch, and unanimously I got voted in straight away. Mm -hmm. I was one of the 10 companies that got voted in. Brilliant. Uh, and it was a six months accelerator program to evaluate what we've created, is it suitable for the NHS, put a regulatory status on it. Uh, and then in March, we actually did a pitch in front of a load of like MPs with the NHS, NHS officials, a lot of high-end people. Uh, and Imi actually got selected, the best company within those 10 companies that got selected. Wow. Uh, which gave us a case study to introduce this into the hospitals uh, to, to, as a medical aid. Uh, and literally as we speak, Right now, and I've literally just had an email before we started speaking of this conversation where it's just been successfully introduced to Leeds, 
general hospitals children's ward where it's getting evaluated as we speak right now that's brilliant so what, what would the next step be after that you know if they find it positive for their patients which it sounds like they will what will happen next uh, what will happen next we go into further development uh, I have got some people I'm speaking to to uh, invest in so we can further develop this and actually start creating mass mass produce mass produce, production mm -hmm. of this to start rolling it out into the healthcare system brilliant and what kind of feedback have you had from other parents, you know, like, um, the kids in Imogen's class or you know, other children that have tried it? They all love it. There's all like, it. it's very different. Uh, and they think it's a very clever idea of what I've created. Uh, they all weirdly saying the same thing as well. Uh, there was all like trying to get a kid uh, without a disability need or just a child with a disability. It's very hard to engage them into like reading time. Mm. because with technology like dominating the market and every kid wants a tablet and uh, yeah, a tablet or a smartphone or whatever, so mm. if it's a smart device, they'll always choose the smart device. I mean, my kids are exactly the same. They'll choose a smart device over a book. Yeah. But they've all said the same thing. They said, what you've created by combining both of them two elements together is very unique because you, yeah. you've given yeah. our kids the opportunity to read again, knowing yeah. that they've got a treat at the end because the phone has to be taken out to make that story come alive for them to see it. Yeah. And how many stories do you have now? We're on 12 at the minute. Uh, again, COVID did slow me down dramatically and with things finally going back to normal and uh, places open up again, uh, production has started again. Because what we create, it's not a computer-generated uh, VR system. We try and look for adventures that children can't visit. Mm. And for example, a waterfall, exactly the same with my daughter. She can't visit a waterfall uh, because of the, the walks, the rocky paths. Uh, it's not suitable for our wheelchair. Yeah. And just the noise as well from a waterfall can trigger a sensory. Yeah. So I've literally just finished doing this production. We went to a lovely waterfall just lately. Uh, and I basically make that adventure come alive for them. So I film everything myself, like live action. And then when I come back home and put it in production, I put the music therapy sounds in, uh, and so the music therapy and also the sounds to make it more soothing, sensory environment mm. for them to actually enjoy. And so how long does it take you to develop each story? It varies. <laughs> it really does vary. Uh, on a good week, about a week to be honest. That's from illustrating the story to doing the production. And how, how are you keeping on coming up with ideas for stories? Have you got lots more ideas in the pipeline? I've got lots of ideas in the pipeline, but I've also reached out to families and friends through my Facebook page. Uh, and I basically just like put a simple question like what would you like to see in the book next and they're, yeah. answer, they're answering it for me I'm actually listening to what the people want and I try and relate to that and put it into the book yeah and has Imogen asked for any particular stories? she has and I've tried to keep on top of it she asked for a sensory box which I've just created for her uh, she, wants to, she wants to see a story about bees uh, because she loves the movie Bee Movie. Yeah. So she said, I want to see bees next, Dad. So I'm trying to find somewhere that has like a beehive that I can create bees with. Uh, and another one she's asked for is sunflowers. Oh, that's the right uh, time of year. <laughs> uh, it is, actually. I'm just still trying to find a place where there's a lot of sunflowers for me to go and try and make a production out of. <laughs> 
So let's just come back to um, the networking that you mentioned briefly before, which is how you and I met. I think it was Chamber of Commerce, wasn't it? It, it was, yes. So how have, how have you used networking to spread the word about Imi? Uh, I've used quite a bit of it, if I'm honest. Uh, obviously, like, we met through Chamber of Commerce and then I was like getting COVID struck and I'm still struggling to find a way to like network out to people. Uh, I got in with C4DI Mm. at Barclays, uh, they let me go on their networking channel a few times, so I've networked through them as well. Uh, capital readiness through Barclays branch in London, uh, they've accepted me to go onto some of their networking channels as well, which gives me a more of an open branch within the UK, mm. and I've met some good people through that as well. Uh, the FSB, the Foundation yep. of Small Businesses, I've just recently joined with them, uh, and I've just finished on a network event with them as well. So oh, what kind of reaction have you had from people that you've, you've met at networking meetings? A wow factor. It's weird because I'm not used to people like going really silent and just like taking everything in that I'm talking about. Uh, when people introduce the businesses, obviously you have the respect to listen to what they're doing to. Mm. Uh, but when it comes to my turn, I always try and be the last person because I always get nervous. Yeah. Uh, and then when I start telling my story, a lot of them say the same thing. It's like, that's probably one of the most powerful stories we've ever heard. Yeah. You've, like, uh, my, my background is chefing, and you've actually taken your own daughter's inspiration, and you've come out with chefing to try and make something out of nothing and yeah. try and make a living out of it. And they said it's, it's a powerful story and they all say the same thing. I always get the wow factor. Yeah. And the next thing I get emails after emails through LinkedIn saying, can we connect, can we connect? We want to help you, we want to support you. That's brilliant. And, and has that led to some good introductions for you? It has, yes, actually. I've come across some really great people uh, who have gone the, out of the way, really, to connect me with other people who can possibly help uh, development within me. That's brilliant, and that's what networking's all about. It is, it is. It's a, it's a great and useful tool, if I'm honest. Great. So, finally then, Craig, how can people find out more about you and Immy, uh, whether they're just interested in it or you know, whether they've got a child that might benefit from it? Uh, we do have social media uh, on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, all you've got to do is just search Immy or Immy Media within social media, and we should pop up. Uh, even if you just search Imi Media through Google, uh, we are now the first search bar on Google now. Great. That's lovely. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Um, Imi sounds like an absolutely fascinating product, which is obviously doing a lot of good for a lot of children and, and hopefully is going to grow and help even more people. Uh, that's the plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for your time, Craig. No, thank you, Miss. Thanks for listening to Small Business Big Network. If you found this podcast useful, please do rate, review and subscribe. And don't forget to share it with the rest of your network too.